All right, welcome back to the Create Don't Hate podcast. Uh, with me here is, of course, another special guest. I seem to only have special guests, but yeah, we have a special guest in the like of Mr. John Young, and I'll let him introduce himself. John? Okay, well, what I have here is a short history about yourself, and you know, you do know that age is catching up on you when you can't really keep the history of yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> you need well, a few but, episodes or what? Yeah, but, but for the sake of uh, not boring the audience today I'll really keep it short so I, I'm a sports presenter I'm a producer mm. and uh, I'm, I've had the privilege of uh, working very closely with many of our athletes national level and even at the grassroots level as well as uh, fitness professionals uh, in the industry uh, for the past 7 or 8 years and um, I've really enjoyed my time doing that creating content meeting people um, bringing them onto my shows and and heading to uh, major games as well, you know, covering mm. athletes. So, yeah, that kind of sums up my life for the past seven, eight years. Mm. <laughs> mm. John is about 56 this year. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, nobody to 56. fact check. No, nobody to fact check me, so I don't know. Wow, okay. <laughs> 56. Divide uh, by two, maybe. La. I wish. <laughs> okay, John. Um, I mean, to... to pursue a career in, in sport to be involved at some level um, being a sports presenter and the work you do with the sporting community is not easy it would have to rely of course on a, quite a strong passion for sport right so could you maybe take us back to uh, how you began your love for sport and of course elaborate a bit more about what sport that might be Okay. Well, my first encounter with sport uh, was a very positive one, of course, right? That's why I love sport. That's why I'm in it, in it now. Uh, in primary school, I would say. And back then, I believe the sports that I was first exposed to was track and field and table tennis. Table tennis, because both my parents enjoyed playing table tennis. Uh, I actually was, for a very brief period of time, I was coached by the back then world number one, I think, Zhuang Zetongmi and my sister. But she was representing her secondary school. I was just... Starting out, uh, I did represent my primary school for table tennis or mm. doubles and then uh, track and field. I was also part of the setup. Okay. And then, um, yeah, so that was my first encounter in sport. And uh, later on, I continued in sport in secondary school. I'm very active. Um, still in track and field, not so much table tennis. Uh, track and field back then, not by choice because uh, my school was very competitive. Uh, back then, we were the top two. Mm. So both were cross country and track and field. We were very, we were competing uh, at the national level so although my first choice was football uh, I was told I can't play football unless I also took up track and field so they basically made all those in the school, school who can run yeah, yeah, join yeah, track yeah, and field yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I kind of like quit the, the CCA five times but they, I rejoined six times <laughs> I was stuck <laughs> yeah so I was part of the yeah part of that setup before mm. I headed overseas in sec 3 yeah so you headed overseas in sec 3 uh, where to and yeah, so I continued. Uh, when I went, I went overseas. Uh, I did two years of high school. Uh, when I left Singapore in sec- when I was fifteen, um, because my sister went overseas as well. She's Canadian, so it was school fees were cheaper for her in in university. Uh, so I I went over. I was I did two years of high school. Mm. I continued playing uh, football or they call it soccer over there. Yeah. Uh, both for school and also for club level. Uh. This was in Canada. In Canada. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I I had so in that sense I would say I'm very lucky to have had. Uh, the, the chance to experience both school and club sports, both in Singapore as well as abroad, yeah, mm. which uh, I realize not many as people have have experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then after, yeah. So after after that, when do you return to Singapore? Mm-hmm. 
and and what happened? Like you came back to do NS, uh, I'm assuming. Yes. So I came back because of NS, unfortunately, mm. because uh, I, mean, I wouldn't say unfortunately. <laughs> ah, politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I came back because uh, back then, during my time, I don't want to expose how old I, I really am, but back then, they the, allowed... In the 40s, or, yeah, no, in the well, 50s, I mean 50s, 60s. Maybe. Back then, they allowed us to kind of like, um, if you manage to enroll yourself in a university by the time you're 17 mm. and a half, you can finish your undergrad basically before you come back for NS. So I took that route. Um, I came back after that to serve NS and then of course I started a job. During that time, I stopped competitive sports uh, for a good four, four and a half years mm. uh, without playing. I did still play socially or semi-competitively on social leagues weekends and all that. Um, and then I rejoined uh, competitive football uh, in Singapore, I would say in the National Football League. Mm. Uh, I think it was my mid mid 20s maybe I want to really <laughs> really review that age yeah but um, yeah by chance and I my first club back then coincidentally happened to be the same club that you represent for mm. rugby Singapore cricket club mm. and it really was by chance I would say so that's a power of content actually because I didn't attend any trials uh, I wasn't even scouted at any game but I think it was from one of the online football challenges for Nike because they, they released a new mm. uh, new football boot. So mm. I was representing the sports media team and uh, again, some university, I think NUS uh, kids and all that uh, for the launch. And so the SEC team manager back then, Owen Monaghan, kind of from one of the skills videos, saw like, who's this guy? You know, And he, he approached my cousin uh, who mm. was running foot, uh, Fundy Amal Academy of Fundy. And so he asked me to head down to join the team and I was very fortunate because I joined SEC when it was at its strongest uh, uh, defending the Div 1 title and the Singapore Post FA Cup double champion so and I because of pure luck I was part of a squ- very strong squad that uh, won the Div 1 title again I mean the, that season so um, I think timing is everything in sports sometimes lah. I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. so and then I continued to play for another 6 or 7 years in the National Football League for uh, Singapore Vipers as well in uh, Division 2 and 3 yeah mm. timing is important yes timing is, is right. important <laughs> particularly for team sports sometimes you, if you're part of a golden generation you know you may not be the best player but you, you get to enjoy winning some of the, the silverware and be mm. part of that um, but you also get to experience what it's like or to really understand the mindsets of what it takes to be at the top lah, and to stay at the top yeah yeah the the thing about the cricket club, uh, it's one of the better rugby clubs around. And um, I think my experience there over the last few years, I also joined them in my twilight. <laughs> yeah, but the the setup there, the professionalism, the standard of the players there, and the, just the general environment, um, it's really different from what you would call a local, local club. So local, local local club, for example, your alumni clubs and clubs that have been in the local scene, they are, you know, a bit more relaxed, have a different kind of mindset. I'm not saying they are not talented or not good, but it's just different in terms of mindset, in terms of professionalism and the setup and everything. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I think, uh, um, I think the, the entire culture, we talk about the, the, the culture surrounding a club, surrounding a team, uh, matters so much at the end of the day. I mean, not not so much necessarily being an overseas or local setup per se, but 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 what what kind of values, what kind of attitudes are being brought into, and of course the setup itself, uh, a very professional setup that mm. that, that kind of like 
makes it optimal for performance. Uh, and for athletes, you can really just focus on uh, performance and competition instead of everything else, like uh, running everywhere. You know, for me, my experiences with other teams also, in that sense. So I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Hmm. So okay. Um. Now, you so so majority of your your teenage life, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. You played football and track. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say majority of my teenage life I played track because it's not exactly fun. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but yes, I, that, that was, I mean, those were my core sports last yeah. year from what, my, in my what, teenage years. What event in, in track? Uh, I was I was forced to try everything basically actually but uh, eventually the, the, the my core events were 400 meters and 800 meters uh, and also the 4x400 meters so mm. um, I represented my schools in, in those for the national schools uh. mm. yeah. so some very uh, beautiful memories in fact uh, competing at the national stadium back then the yeah. old national yeah, stadium yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the finals where you know all the schools come down and it's basically it's deafening which I mean, school are you from again? Catholic High School. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm not too sure how they're doing right now in terms of track. Back mm. then we were top two. Uh, we always finish second lah. Hua Chong mm. has always been. Or back then the Chinese high uh, It's always been. They always win before the finals because they're very strong in field events. So mm. by the time the final day comes around, they already won the yeah, overall yeah. champions. That's the thing, right? Like for for tracks, track and field schools, you. If you are good at something, usually it's a specific category of events. Yeah. So there are schools that are good at the sprints. Yes. There are schools that are good at the cross country or the middle distance. There are schools that are, that are good at the field events. Yeah. Then there and are schools that, that are, are good, good at, at track and field. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they dominate the whole the whole scene. So, yeah. So yeah. I I mean I was I was chatting with uh, Dipna a couple of weeks back and she's on the previous episode. Um, we. We were talking about how the the whole environment of that national school games finals, the atmosphere, at the stadium, yeah. is something that is so. It's it's really an experience. Yes. Whether you are competing, whether you are spectating, um, and if only we had an opportunity for more of these experiences, yeah. right? But if you look at if you look at um, professional setups in the states or in other countries, yeah. um. These events happen like every month. Yeah, they go to exactly. meets. They go to like inter-school meets happen every month or whatever, and they fill up the stadiums, yeah. and you know everyone gets a chance to get get uh, get involved in the whole event. The, for the, us, yeah. I agree. It, yeah, the sporting culture like 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 we talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, not just surrounding the, the the running of a team or a club, but infused across uh, the entire community. So I totally agree with you. I'm I, I'm fortunate enough. Um, Speaking of dinner, by the way, before we, we go to another topic, so not not to give away my age once again, but I I am the same batch as Po Seng Song. So, I mean, during that ah, time, he won all the 100 meters and 200 meter events. And, so, uh, you're not that old. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, so back to the point about sporting culture. Yes, I, um, I mean, it, we are in a very unfortunate uh, situation uh, at the moment where COVID is, is present. And I mean, sports events are most sports events if not all all sports events at the moment are temporarily on hold uh but 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 the the the, the atmosphere of being the national stadium of having all the schools come together that electric atmosphere is just something that i think everyone who who is part of singapore sport should should experience at least once in their life it's something yeah. that you can't really say you've experienced singapore sport at its um 
I wouldn't say not necessarily at its elite level, but in terms of really um, at its fundamental grassroots level without having attended one of these school uh, events. And I, I, I agree when it comes to um, the, the sporting culture for schools uh, overseas as well. When I was just c- competing at school level uh, in Canada for my high school football team or soccer team back then, mm. uh, they, they call it over there, even our regular league games are better attended <laughs> than some of our professional games here. And and these are matches that are not at stake, you know. It wasn't the playoffs, you know, and it's just something yeah. that the school, the, the entire school would, would gather together and go down to watch. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't feel the routers every single game, but it's still a significant yeah. Uh, yeah. level of support and, and soccer's not even the top sport. So, yeah. I mean, th- we're, we're talking about the different kinds. Of, th- th- that's how uh, the entire sporting culture is like and... I don't know. I mean, hopefully, it's something that in our lifetime we can get to witness in Singapore uh, the, for, for students as well. Yeah, I, 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 I fully agree with you. Like, I was talking to Sham many weeks back and same thing, we were referring to how um, sport in the US is seen with whether you're professional or non-professional, everything is treated like professional, right? Like, as long as you're an athlete or you, you have a sporting event, it's all hands on deck, whether you are supporter, parent, a teacher, you know. So, I, I think we are making um, some tiny steps. We are not as mature enough as a sporting community in Singapore. Um, we are making steps towards that kind of uh, ecosystem. We we have the infrastructure, we have the the right platforms, um, but I, I I think it just takes a bit more time. The the school scene is, is really, really a, a big, big platform for sport. And I think there are many, many, many um, untapped avenues there in the school scene. Like the National School Games itself, it's probably the most watched uh, sporting um, campaign or event or, or series of events in, in Singapore. Yeah. Because you have... You have uh, you have parents who have vested interest. You have old boys. You have alumni. You have people in the general sporting community that just want to see what's up with the the next group of young kids coming up. And then you have the students themselves who want yeah. to support their peers. And and um, yeah, that you you go to a, like I I think. Um, I went to the the track and field championships at the sports hub. I think last year, mm. I I had no students there. I I didn't have anything to do there. Yeah, but I just turned up after work. I just went in to see and get a feel of the atmosphere yeah. at the sports hub because to me, um, that was one of the more memorable experiences lah for yeah. for me as a student growing up. Um, my experience with track and field, as I was talking to Dipna the other day. I, I participated when I was sec three and sec four, uh, purely because I got roped in from the rugby team. Okay, we didn't have a full track and field team, but we wanted to field um, like some relay teams, mm. So after rugby season, my rugby teacher would get a get some of us together for our own centralized training, mm-hmm. and then we would be participating in some of the relay events and then the individual events as well. So of course we would be like like in awe of the sprinters. Like you I go to I was telling Dipna that I went to my train few heats. I had no idea my spikes were the cheapo FBT, don't know what color starting blocks I don't know how to use. So at the hundred meter heats everyone is like so eight lanes, starting blocks, seven starting blocks. 
<laughs> I was the one at the side, <laughs> looking very awkward. And then, Ke Gorisan, Sedia. Everyone is already three steps ahead. <laughs> Interesting experience, isn't it? I mean, we, yeah. But that leaves you with a good story to tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the only time we would be competitive uh, would be during the relays. Mm. Because that's something where only one person had to do the start. <laughs> so, so we would train one guy to do the start. And every one of us would be, you know, because we, 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 we had some speed, mm. right? So we just worked on a baton passing and things like that. So we participated in like the SPH relays back then. Yeah, correct. The um, so events. it was really fun. Lah. You had the 4x1s, 4x2s, uh, 4x4s and, and things like that. Then for us, we like I said, like we were not fortunate to have different runners for four by one, four by two. So we would be, yeah, we would be like four by one. Okay, uh, rest for like forty five minutes. Uh, we got four by four next, and then okay, um, tomorrow come back. Uh, we got four by two. I'm like, what? But it's fun. It was fun. It was it fun. Was fun uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it was fun. Quite like relays to actually bring out uh, the excitement and from the crowd as well. I mean, for all those who are watching. Uh, I mean, compared to some of the other events, uh, not 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 saying that one event is better than the other, but um, relays always bring a special buzz to the crowd. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, back to what I think I spoke to you about this like mm. a couple of months back yeah. when when we met up and we were talking about the national school games and yeah. how it is really something that should be developed on because. Um, no other, no other sporting event in Singapore can garner that kind of um, support. Yeah, and um, it's that emotional connection. I mean, we talked about, uh, we talked about alumni, talking about teachers and and staff, and of course the students uh, themselves, um, all having vested interests or in, uh, in, in investing emotionally into the event because whether it's their teammates or their, their classmates who are competing, you know that, that that's something that gives you a reason to cheer them on. Right. I mean, uh, we, we can't say the same for all the sports uh, in particular because right now there's, uh, we were talking about so many different sports for Singaporeans, especially if they're already, like, they've moved on to different stages of their life and, and sport is just something that they watch in their free time. Um, that connection may or may not have been made with a lot of our local sporting teams lah, across all the different sports. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to add the, the globalization of sport into the mix, of course, uh, if you, we can't compare this to I mean there's a lot of uh, people in the community are still you know living in the old glory glory days we're talking about football eh? mm. Fandiyama era mm. Abbasad era mm. you know, of the class of 94 full but packed back then, national stadiums and yeah we, we had back, packed we, we could easily pack the stadiums back then but back then the, the globalization effect wasn't in full force as yet. I mean, the the, the English Premier League wasn't even uh, they wasn't even like called the two Premier live League, matches yeah. per weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, as compared to now, where almost every match is being shown live and all the leagues are available uh, at your fingertips. So naturally, when it comes to consumption, uh, in these days where patience is a lot uh, um, less, I think I would say among among um, Singaporeans uh, on on the whole. Uh, not just in terms of performance, but also in terms of um, what interests them. So mm. they're watching it. If it's what they're they're watching for entertainment, then naturally a lot of comparisons are going to be made between what they can watch elsewhere yeah. versus what they have at at home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this is an area, of course, that building that bridge, that emotional connection between Singaporeans and our local athletes, I think, is quite critical. Uh, yeah, to that is. Which is a lot of the work that you are doing currently. Um, 
you mentioned emotional connection. Hey, that's a big thing. Um, that's what p- keeps people connected to sport because in Singapore, th- that's about it, right? You you fall in love with a crappy team now, like Manchester United. What on earth? <laughs> Not crappy team, okay. Hey, I'm a Man U fan, no. <laughs> but I gave up watching them like, what, two, three years ago. But yeah, I have to say, and it's quite sad. This weekend, I tell you, I tell you a funny story. And this is a true story. Yeah. This, by the way, we're recording this after Man U just lost 6 1 to Spurs. So on what? Saturday night? Was it sun- Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Sunday night, I, I was thinking, because I don't have the Mio Stadium, the EPL package. Yeah. So I was thinking, hey, wow. Could it be a sign? Could it be a good time to, to sign up. get on Mio Stadium <laughs> to really start bringing back the Manchester United fan club? So I, I went on Instagram. I was like, oh, yeah, Manchester United. Mm, they yeah, made a couple of good signings. Yeah, then, they were about to sign a couple of big Not confirmed well. yet. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, um, Spurs going to be a good game. You know, why not? Sign up. 11.30 kickoff. Okay, stay up. Watch on my phone or whatever. And then I thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> Next morning, okay, I saw the chat groups going crazy. I saw Facebook going crazy. I saw people wanted to buy 4D7162 uh, or seven uh, 6172 or something. Uh, 6172, right. My gosh. Well, you, 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 saved, you saved yourself some money at least. I don't know when I'll, I will continue watching. I don't know when I'll get back to watching football, well, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we need to go back a bit more to your personal journey. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Um, you did track. You did football or soccer in Canada, and then you came back. You played a bit of pro, semi-pro football. Yeah. Uh, in the National Football League. Now, throughout your sporting journey and the the different experiences that you have, which is quite a wide like you mentioned not everyone has the opportunity to to do this um, what was your fondest memory in sport for me the fondest memory for me in sport would definitely be um, the winning moments lah. I think most athletes of course every part of the journey matters but the ones that stick out in your memory are of course the, the moments where um, where you where you dug deep and you came out uh, you know and, and you actually have something to show for it and I think for me, like I said, timing is everything in sport and I, I'm very fortunate um, to have some things to show for it. They may not be the highest level per se, but at the levels at the co- levels of competition I, I was able to compete in, I, I, I do have uh, quite a few memories, even from track and field in my last mm. year before I headed to Canada. Uh, our relay team wasn't expected to, to reach the finals. We actually barely scraped through the heats uh, so we took lane 8 the outermost lane mm. and I was the second runner and so actually for it was a bittersweet experience because we were actually leading all the way to the final runner uh, which we weren't expecting because we were the slowest by right based on timing uh, our last runner who was our fastest runner pulled his hamstring uh, the last 15 meters ahead of the <laughs> the finish line so we but we still got, managed to get a podium and get a bronze in the yeah. end as a result uh, so and then of course um, having the chance to win uh, a medal as well for my club in Canada um, I was representing the under 21s even though I was an under 17s player so um, to go through our club wasn't the best in the league lah. you know we were a mid-table club but mm. uh, we went very far in the playoffs it was a, a very good season for us and 
uh, was fortunate enough to win that and also coming back and with SEC, I would say these are my fondest memories that um, I would take with me. Um, it's not it's less so the medals, but but the memories that 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 you have from those years, you know, those seasons, and with those people that you came through together as a sport. So, I think those are, are my fondest memories. Yeah. I like to, I like to say, it sounds a bit pretentious, But I like to say winning is uh, relative. <laughs> sounds pretentious, right? But I tell you why I say that because um, winning is contextual. Yeah. You cannot say that a. I didn't get the gold medal. Yeah. But you did win a silver medal. Yeah. I cannot say that I didn't get the bronze medal, but you did win something. You did beat someone yeah. to get to the bronze medal. Yeah. And um, it's it's contextual and it's relative yeah. to the standard of competition you're in, to your experiences, to where you pet yourself, to to basically to timing as well. Yeah. Right? So um I mentioned the other the other day again. I think I was talking to Sham um, because he was recollecting about his his uh, fondest memory, and I think for him it was quite obvious, lah. Which is the 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 national record. Um, and that was just at the Sea Games. Mm. We're not talking about Olympics. We're yeah. not talking about World Championships. Yeah. We're not talking about you know. So Sea Games for guys like Sham, for myself, it's the pinnacle. Yeah. And it is my gold medal. Yeah. To put on the the jersey was my gold medal. Yeah. Don't even talk about playing. Yeah. Right. And then you have at the higher end of of sport, you have finer athletes who who use the Sea Games as a practice ground. Yeah. Who easily win gold medals and and which is no not not their fault. What I'm yeah. saying is just is is yeah. just relative lah. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean good for you that you mentioned um, the, the years and the, the couple of seasons that you had um, those are important mm. because uh, we tend to forget I mean you you are coming of old, of old age and all that <laughs> <laughs> so, you just had to bring that up again right <laughs> I don't know somehow it just fit right in no but realistically these memories are, are things that won't fail like we won't we we won't forget these so easily. We, we we might lose medals, we might lose certain things, yeah. but um, these memories stay on with us. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, again, whether it's sport uh, or even what you're doing now, yeah. were there some significant challenges or maybe what was your biggest, biggest challenge, disappointment or upset um, Till now, in the area of sport. Well, I would say it uh, support from my parents. I would say so. Mm. Uh, that that's something that uh, some people I think already know, but not not a lot of people know about the fact that uh, my parents weren't exactly very supportive of me pursuing a sporting career, and that's also why um, it was also the area of my biggest disappointment. I would say. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love my parents. I yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. both my parents, both sets of my parents, and. Um, until today, I but I also think that they themselves back then at that point uh, were at a state where they didn't really understand lah. My my dad being an ac- uh, academic mm. naturally, those mm. people in Singapore, if you if, I mean he was professor at NUS and all mm. that right for many years, and so those who, those of you who are parents who are academics, you understand for them grades are everything right. Everything else doesn't matter. So sports was a 
they were okay with me taking part in CCAs for sport, but never beyond that. You know, so, the, yeah. so for me, me being not academically inclined, like my sister, naturally, um, this was something that when the opportunity presented itself, I mean, I was offered uh, two times an opportunity to turn pro for football, uh, mm. soccer, and overseas as well, actually, to sign on. But I couldn't really... Uh, take that up as well because I had to come back la, to yeah. Singapore for yeah. NS. So, um, but I knew the answer was going to be no anyway because my, my dad from young has always been not very supportive of me playing football. He even <laughs> cut my boots once, you know, because I secretly went for training, you know, yeah. because he didn't want me to yeah, to do that. So that all the more I would say this to our athletes who have the chance um, at any level to pursue uh, your passion in sport and if you have supportive parents who actually wants you to take part in this because you have a talent for it, um, you should be giving 100%. You yeah. shouldn't be giving anything less than 100% because there are many other people who would literally kill to be in your position. And some of them could actually be even more talented than you, mm. but they do not have that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily not because they, they aren't selected, but simply because of other factors. Like in like my case, my parents weren't mm. supportive of, mm. of that. So if you do have the opportunity and the support, you should be giving a hundred percent, lah, and you should be giving shouldn't be giving anything less than that. Yeah, yeah. I think the call it unfortunate or call it fortunate, but mm. that also shaped um, what you're trying to do and what you. That also like formed a bit of your passion and 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 really, you know, drive continue to drive you to do what you are doing today, to, to, to give back, to find purpose in a bit of what you're doing, developing the community in sport. Um, I, I, I mean, it's always easy to sit here and talk about it with hindsight because back then, like you said, you'll probably be angry at your parents and, yeah. and things like that. And I'm sure... I cried my eyes out. I mean, I remember I was like, <laughs> when I was a teenager. Yeah, and, oh, I, and yeah. I'm sure many of, many of the guys out there would, would have gone through something like this. Um, but it's only with hindsight that you're able to to really sit down and analyze and really rationalize what went through their heads. Mm. Because back then you'll be thinking, hey, these people are nonsense. I have a chance to go and pursue something. Why not? Yeah. You know, they can't be so old school to to not to hold me back or whatever, right? Yeah. But um the the I guess that's the I don't know whether it's the Asian context or the Singaporean context, but of course, academics was first. Yeah. Academics, finding a job. Yeah. I mean, my dad was pragmatic. He, 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 he knew, I mean, for him, back, especially back then in, in the, the, the state that it was, uh, he knew that there was no future, mm. according to him, <laughs> pursuing sport in Singapore, or rather, uh, rather in football in particular, because uh, I think the S League was just set up, if I'm not wrong, not for not, not too many years and um, it was in its infancy and he's just very pragmatic. So, as much as I love football, it was not something he wanted me to do as a career. Mm. Yeah. So, when that happened, um, what made you want to continue a career in sport? Well, I think a big part of this journey has been about uncovering my true identities. And I mean, a lot of us uh, today, uh, regardless of whether you're in sport or not in sport, uh, all of us have... Uh, are created uniquely in that sense. We have uh, a purpose that's actually deeply buried within us that 
um, that actually shows itself on the surface. It's just that many of us have not yet gone through that process of uncovering what we're good at, what our talents are, what we're passionate about, what exactly drives us uh, and makes us want to you know, wake up each day uh, and face each day um, with a spring in the step in that sense. For me, it didn't take very long for me to rediscover after I rejoined the workforce uh, as, as in full-time, right? That actually sport was going to be a big part of my life. La, you mm. know, because I, I knew I, I wasn't going to run away too far from sport. It's just connecting the dots in terms of the, my other talent and skill sets uh, of what I can actually bring to the table that uh, came along in the later years after I, I rejoined the sports industry. And that, mm. that, that kind of like, um, until today, I'm still uncovering that as, as well. Mm. Um, with more people that I meet, um, with the different areas that uh, I'm exposed to and all that, and also the current climate, of course. So learning as we go as well. So, yeah. It is a, it is a process. Uh. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think many people in the world can say that they are done with growing, right? Oh, it is, <laughs> really, it's a constant process. Like, um, especially with things happening around the world, like the pandemic and, um, yeah, it is. I I really don't know how to describe it. It's really a constant, growing process, and the skills that you have to continue picking up and learning. It's, it's it's not easy, and to keep up with the times. Um, just a simple example with the with the whole pandemic issue, um, going online and keeping up with, with different facets of work and communication. Although technology has brought us so far, we still have to learn how to use it, right? So working in the sports fraternity, um, what is what is your, your greatest takeaway? Having experienced or having worked with um, athletes of different levels, having worked with partners, stake, stakeholders, sponsors, um, people at the management level, this is this is non-political, so don't have yep. to don't have to worry about um yep. whose side we are on. We're not on anybody's side. Yeah. We're just talking about personal views and things like that. So, so what is your your biggest takeaway with regards to to sport in Singapore? Like you mentioned just now, one of it is of course, if you have the support, if you have the ecosystem around you, um, you know, go all the way, mm-hmm. right? So what other pieces of advice or what would you see as important to anyone wanting to pursue sport in Singapore? Well, I mean, the if it's a piece of advice I would give would be that um, never give up because the fact of the matter is if you're born in Singapore, there are many hurdles for you to overcome, uh, be it systemic or at the individual level that you need to you need you need to come and uh, grapple with as an athlete right an athlete's life is not an average joe's life it, mm. if it's something that you want to go far in and you want to go all the way to the right to the top then there are sacrifices to be made uh, but if it's something that you identify with in the individual capacity that you're really passionate about and you realize you have a talent for then nothing should stop you and and that's something that i i i realize even the top athletes within singapore um, all have this X factor where um, they're serious about it. You know, like when you know when you're just 
competing and it's like a part-time thing or even because even among national athletes not at every athlete is taking it as seriously you can you can see the attitude they bring towards training mm. um you know whether they're first to training they're last to leave you know and the, the, the and the lifestyle changes they may make just in uh just in order to get that extra one percent or find that extra one percent you know to be better than the, than the competitors and so it's really about how much you want it i would say that's for the elite level um for singapore sports as a whole uh, my wish, of course, I love sports and for me, it's also very worrying times in the current situation where Singapore sports as a whole, traditional sports, we're talking about real sports, not fitness or health per se, uh, is a bit on the back burner, mm. right? And so I would really call upon all those who really love sports uh, and Singapore sports in particular to 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 play a part. And I'm not talking about contributing in terms of financially or anything per se, but the rebuild, rebuilding process uh, from here in the years to come is going to be critical and you do have a role to play because uh, each of you, whoever, if you happen to be listening to this, because uh, if not you, then who, right? I mean, like, you are the you are the ones who care about Singapore sports. And, um, yeah, so whether you're a sponsor, whether you're corporate, whether you're an athlete, whether you're someone who has been... Um, through the system or you've been competed at the at the highest level uh, but have now transited into a different uh, part of your life we do hope that you can all play a part in contributing and rebuilding Singapore sports um, slowly lah. Mm. No, I fully agree the Singapore sport is 100% dependent on volunteers on people giving back because we don't have enough of an infrastructure to to say that we are fully professional we can't pay every team manager we can't pay every coach we can't pay every person that is involved in sport and that's the that's the truth of it but sport i think sport has so much to offer right i'm a firm believer in that and i think anyone that works in sport can agree with this sport is 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 wonderful as a teacher is wonderful as an educator and the 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 idea of sport being a classroom where teach where it teaches your kids where it teaches values where it teaches um life lessons and it continues to do so even for myself um at this young age compared to you um <laughs> i still continue to learn um in in, in the sporting arena la, so <laughs> No, it just comes naturally. I cannot. It I cannot help it. Sure I cannot it help it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah I, 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 there's so much uncertainty with all these, all these things, and I really do wish that, um, sport will return in Singapore very soon, and uh, more vibrant than ever. And you, of course, would have a big part to play in that. I'm assuming. Well, right? I mean, I, I. We we'll see how it goes. Of course, a lot of things right now, uh, up the in the air, and even in in the area of sport, and also in terms of the industry and how we, I think a big word to use here is adaptation. How we need to adapt to, um, to the situation in in the industry. Um, when we talk about sport, we're not just talking about the the athletes or the spectators per se. There's so many people who who play a part. From I mean, even the, uh, event organizers. We're talking about, um hosts as well, um, production crews, broadcast teams. Um, I mean, everyone has a has has a part to play, and um, I I like to think that I'm only a, a small part of that ecosystem. Of course, where I can help, uh, as I have done over the years, and where I can uh, play some form of an influence, 
uh, and contributing with whatever talents I have to Singapore sports, I will continue to do so. Hmm. Okay. Um, we're almost done. <laughs> we're almost done. Almost done means not yet done. La. So almost there's something else that's coming out, I suppose. No, 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 no. no. We're almost done. Um, now, personal question again. Yes. What are some of your goals or dreams, whether it's sport-related, whether it's career-related? Um, what are some of these goals that you have left to chase? What are some of the goals and dreams that I have, whether they are personal or career-related? Mm. Um, I would say I'm at a stage of my life, I don't want to sound like an old <laughs> but... Um, I have gone through quite a few seasons of my life, of course. Those of you who know me well, uh, I almost lost my life. Um, I've been through a divorce. Um, all of them pivotal. Um, each of them turning points that have shaped me into who I am today, into a better understanding of who I truly am outside of sport. Uh, I would say the path ahead, the journey ahead for me is... Um, to continue to, to embrace sport as a very big part of my life, but also to uncover um, uh, my, at a deeper level my true identity, what is it that uh, I'm called to do in terms of my purpose. So, of course, along the way, without sounding so cheap, I, I have found a big part of that purpose in this journey that I am, um, building Sport SG Ambassadors, uh, you know, Framework Network, and uh, connecting with the fitness industry, knowing, getting to know so many people, um, having been blessed with uh, encountering so many uniquely talented individuals and um, gifted people, um, and very friendly and loving people as well in my life. Um, I do not have any regrets in my life. Uh, could I have done anything better in the past? Perhaps many of them, but we learn from our mistakes. We we grow from them. And I would say the the main goal for my life, whatever I'm left with, that God's willing to bless me with, um, would be to continue to be teachable, um, mm. to be continue to learn, um, and to never reach a point where I think I know everything because every day... I realize there's so much I do not know. You yeah. know and, and it's not from a state of being like, oh, yeah, I'm so stupid. <laughs> it's, more, it's more a case of precisely because I meet people yeah. that I always think um, know so, so much in an area that I do not know of. Mm. And I would like to think of myself as a jack of all trades, but really a master, master of none in a sense. And mm. because I've, I've had a very wide array of experiences, um, I've touched a lot of things and areas, but I'm never like fantastic in any single one of them in terms of my skills or my knowledge. So um, maybe as a connector, I'm more, of a, I would say I'm a connector of sorts. So yeah, that would be my main goal mm. uh, to continue to be teachable. The, though he's touched a lot of things, uh, we yeah. don't want to know where he's touched or what <laughs> he's touched. But, um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. again, yeah. I do agree. Yeah. There's seldom all these sports personalities or they, they seem to have a, a common kind of mindset. So in everyone that I've spoken to seems to resonate um, with, with certain values and, and, and they seem to have this, this certain mentality. I spoke about this before. It, it, it of course, is the, the growth mindset, right? It's not about you saying that, hey, I, I'm stupid, I don't know anything. It's about you being content with what you have 
and wanting to grow. Yeah. And that is important. That's how that's how people become successful. That's how people uh, enrich themselves. That's how people become better. Yeah. Um, whether it's in sport, in life, in work, yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, I do know for uh, not for the rest of my life, but I do know for a fact that for the remainder of twenty twenty, I have set myself some goals, fitness and running goals, and uh, I do hope to achieve them. Uh, and so far, I've never run so much in my life <laughs> as I did in the last <laughs> two months. But uh, feeling good so far, lah. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. It's not easy for the joints, uh, for your yeah, for okay. your age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming again. You're gonna keep, say it. Keep a look out. Naturally. Yeah. Okay, man, John. Um, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, oh, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for the invite. And uh, yeah, I love the name of your show, Create Don't Hate. Yes, totally agree with it. Mm. I don't know. Although I don't know where you plucked that from in terms of. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you just said create, don't hate. I created it without hating. Yeah. Just curious about is it just because it rhymes create and hate or you got it from somewhere? No, 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 no. So, uh, like I shared before, I think the maybe maybe you're not sure, but during the pandemic period, so yeah. I thought about how there's a lot of hate. Not just a lot of hate, but there's a lot of hate in general. Like yeah. like with people, with human beings, it's always difficult to do something. Mm. It's always difficult to to start something new or to branch out or to try something because. Yeah the majority always yeah. tends to frown upon things that are new. So so that's how I came about with this create don't hate thing. But the idea of having a podcast I thought was um, important. Uh, I'm not going to be selling millions of shows on Spotify or whatever and I'm not going to quit my job anytime soon. Yes. But I thought it's important to, to get these uh, snippets out. Yeah. Um, whether it's someone aspiring to be an athlete, whether it's someone... Um, just just having trouble in life or whether it's someone just listening for the sake of listening for fun right on his morning run or whatever and and just finds it funny to laugh at your age or, or just things like that but I <laughs> morning, huh? yeah but but I, I think there's there's a bit of value like, in all these things and I always maintain that um, in the sporting arena in, in Singapore especially uh, a lot of the work is done by volunteers and this is my contribution, my voluntary contribution. Well, I do love your workspace. Uh, if this is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the listeners won't really be seeing much of this workspace, but I do have the benefit of having a full 360 view of it at the moment. Shocking. I was clickbaited. <laughs> you were clickbaited. We will well, never come back here again. We shan't review where this no. place is. <laughs> yeah, we can't. <laughs> Make sure the location tag on your <laughs> photos. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so yeah, John, um, thank you for your time again. Um, enjoyed the session. I, I found valuable insights from what you shared. And as usual, some of the stories I think we can relate to and I'm sure the people listening can relate to some aspects as well. Um, keep growing. Keep learning. I have to pause to resist myself from an age-related joke. But um, yeah, keep growing. Uh, I look forward to seeing your greater involvement once this COVID situation gets better and, and you continue to lead the sporting fraternity and, and to bring back sport in Singapore. Thank you so much for the invitation again. Enjoyed myself and um, loving this podcast. All right. So as I have always maintained, as long as one person listens to this and finds value, then we have done our job. 
This is the Create Don't Hate podcast, and we are done. Ciao. Funny,